Hey guys, uh, welcome to Make Money Count. I'm here with uh, the ever lovely Marcus Ferris. <laughs> I'm buddy. And uh, today we're going to be talking, I think, a little bit about the general thought process that we are out of the woods in terms of the real estate market and interest rates and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think we are. You don't. I mean, you don't think we are. No. Yeah. I also don't really think we are because I just got off the phone with somebody um, from a certain bank that has a red logo and they said that they're jacking up the interest rates at midnight tonight. So I know we're not out of it. Um, what that has to do with the housing market, you can tell us a little bit more about. Um, but, you know, um, not out of the woods is, is generally, I think, the, um, the idea of today's podcast. So Matt came up with the idea for today's podcast. Scanny. Yeah. Yes, I did. And he said, he's like, I think we should talk about what is happening with housing prices because all the news is telling us that housing prices, especially in the GTA have fully recovered. Right. There was a piece out today mm -hmm. um, from Treb. Yeah. That we saw another month over month increase. Uh, more transactions, higher sale prices, um, and this kind of consistency over the last several months of, you know, rising prices and more transactions and still a lack of supply. So not a lot of listings is leading the, uh, price of housing higher. Right. Um, and that's happening in the face of what we just saw of, a kind of increase in bond yields, right? So the government of Canada, five-year bond yield, which is what we really love to look at, mm -hmm. um, for borrowing costs is at three and a half, right? It was, you know, kind of closer to two and a half, maybe like, you know, between two and a half and three, when we were dealing with bank um, collapses in the United States, right? Right. So the idea that the financial system might not be that stable in the United States when these smaller banks um, were faced with liquidity issues. And um, we talked about it at length in a past podcast, so we don't have to go too deep into it. But the idea that they had invested a lot of money in in loans and debt and the debt was at a fixed price. And because that price was lower than the kind of prevailing market price as bond yields increased and the federal reserve was increasing interest rates, the value of that debt decreased. They had to liquidate the debt in order to cover the, the redemptions or the people that were looking for their deposits back. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, they were faced with, some of these banks were faced with deficits, right? Right. They had less in assets than what they needed to pay out in liabilities. Sounds like you, they should have waited a little bit. They couldn't wait. What right. they should have done is they should have better timed their investments. Right. They should have had investments in debt that were um, more able to be um, liquidated without such a drop in their value. Right. Right. But this 
kind of rapid increase in interest rates is what precipitated the fall and they weren't expecting it. Right. Right. Um, so, but the core kind of point here is, is that that those events led to bond yields dropping because the general market was like, okay, well, rates aren't going up anymore. Look at how bad the already increased rates are affecting the financial system. The Federal Reserve won't increase anymore. Government of Canada or the Bank of Canada has done increasing. So um, we've reached kind of the peak right. of rates. The pivot. Yeah. The pause. The yeah. pause. Yeah. The pivot is when we start dropping. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of more drop, like more the central bank starts to drop is yeah, the pivot. Yeah. But we reached the pause. And then I think that since then, we've seen, so the United States had an inflation reading that came in higher. That's almost a month ago now. Yeah. Um, Canada um, this week showed resilience in its economy, so growth in GDP. And both of these readings bring into question whether or not we may see another increase. Like some economists are saying that Canada will see another 25 basis point increase. Let me ask you, Marcus, is that they're going to justify raising interest rates again because the economy is good? Like that, isn't that basic Keynesian economics? Like that's what they should be doing? Yeah. So the argument is, is that the work that's been done to date to slow the economy down hasn't been enough yet, right? Right. This is I'm against this idea. Okay, so Raising I think the interest rates. Yeah, like I think first of all, I think every mortgage broker is. I not just as a mortgage broker, but like looking at the numbers, we know that there is a lagging effect of rising interest rates. Mm-hmm. All that these readings are telling us on economic growth are that it the impact fully hasn't been felt on the economy yet. Right which we know to be the case, right? We know that the impact of rates is lagging. We know that it comes 24 months, 36 months afterwards to different percentages, prescribed percentages that we've looked at at length mm-hmm. during this podcast. Right. Uh, the Bank of Canada meets again on June 7th. And at that meeting, some people are saying they're going to increase rates 25 basis points. I, I don't think... I don't think that they will, and I don't think it's prudent for them to do so. Right. We get an employment number out on June 9th. So I think that if the employment number is hot and the economy continues to show these signs of resilience, the Bank of Canada may be forced to act because they need to be sh- they need to be shown as they need to be seen as being tough on inflation. Right. We know that that's what their objective is. So they may be forced to act and I think that if they do act to increase 25 basis points, it will be a mistake. Right. Uh I don't think that the United States is going to act. Um but I think that um listen, I think that anything's possible. Um I think that if the Bank of Canada increases interest rates another 25 basis points, it will be a mistake. I think that it probably happens after the July meeting even, so maybe September. Mm-hmm. And I think that then people are just going to be like, whoa, uh, 
Yeah. You know, I think, and I think that, um, housing prices being kind of recovered at this stage mm-hmm. is a factor of, you know, the kind of head fake we got from bond yields dropping when we thought, you know, well, this uncertainty in the financial system coming out of the United States is going to be more than enough to put a stop to these increases. We've already identified that like this massive run up in interest rates has impacted us more than enough. Right. Um, but I think like, I, I like the Canadian consumer is very much feeling, uh, the impact of higher interest rates. Yeah. Um, and the, out of the kind of readings that we're looking at, we need to be more heavily weighting our decisions on leading indicators rather than lagging indicators. Like inflation is a lagging indicator. It is an indicator that comes up after the thing broke. It's like, this is what, you know, is happening. Leading indicators like business sentiment, consumer sentiment, consumer, like how does the consumer feel? How do CEOs feel? Like the stuff that we should be really weighing more heavily in our decision-making process is like, like in the United States, I read an article the other day that the CEO of Costco and the CEO of Macy's are saying that they have been surprised to the downside of the strength of the the American consumer. Right. That's a leading indicator. That's telling us like the impact has not fully been felt yet. Right. Sure. Like I look at it from the lens of a mortgage broker. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But I also look at it from the lens of a Canadian. Mm -hmm. And I know I can see what is happening in the general market. And I think that there was pent up demand on the sidelines in the real estate market. That demand is now being kind of unleashed on the market and we're still not seeing supply hit the market, but increase rates more. It's not necessarily just going to be like the increase in interest rates that leads to people, to Canadians being like, okay, I'm going to sell my house. I can't hold it anymore. It's going to be this signal that like, you know, the central bank doesn't care. Right. right? Yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. going to cause pain. You haven't felt it yet. We, for some reason, what we've done so far hasn't caused you to sell your house. We need you to sell your house. Yeah. We need you to feel pain. Right. And I think that that's a mistake. Like, I think that we're at a point right now where I would have thought already this massive run up in interest rates would have caused significant pain, read supply to hit the market from how, from people that are motivated to sell because of the amount of debt they have on their homes that really hasn't materialized yet. Right. But I think that like, we're playing a really kind of really delicate game right now. Right. Right. So can it's I, like the deer hunter, Matt. Can I ask you, uh, um, you love my movie references. Yeah, I do love your movie. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. The deer oh, hunter. Oh, why would, why watch the deer? Hunter. Why is it like the deer hunter, Matt? <laughs> because, uh, Russian roulette. So, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he, yeah. he, in the deer hunter, um, Christopher Walken goes crazy. And, and him and Robert De Niro are like, we're in the army together, I guess. PTSD. Vietnam. Vietnam. And um, Christopher Walken is playing Russian roulette, like at bars and stuff for money. But like each time you like rotate the uh, yeah. revolver, um, 
and put the gun to your head, you know, so so many that's, times you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah. But I've not seen that movie. I haven't seen a lot of good So all I'm saying is like, let's not increase rates another 25 basis points because we might blow our brains out. <laughs> so let me ask you, Marcus, is the reason like supply hitting the market that hasn't happened? We know because uh, banks have done things like rolled out amortization periods and, and helped keep clients in their homes. Now, what happens if you know, the banks didn't do that. Yeah. If the banks didn't do that, supply would have hit the market and the Bank of Canada wouldn't be forced to increase interest rates again. Well, we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. We were like the first people that brought this up. We looked at the annual report, the ten qu- the quarterly reports of the banks, and we identified that a lot of mortgages, and they're still not being totally clear about it, but a lot of mortgages had amortizations which are in excess of 35 years. Now it's being reported on that like one in four 25% of Canadian mortgages are in extended amortizations. I had a I looked at a mortgage statement yesterday. It was 89 year amortization. Yeah, this is the same thing, right? Yeah. Like that's someone that is accumulating principal balance on their mortgage because the payment that they have can't support the interest. Yeah. So the banks have done a really good job of absorbing the shock for the consumer. But like banks are still motivated by what their shareholders' best interests are. So they're saying, you know, let's let people, let's help people absorb the shock of higher interest rates mm-hmm. so that supply doesn't hit the market. But at a certain point, these banks, like imagine if the banks have to pivot before the central banks pause, right? That's a real story here. Like if the banks decide that people are going to have to start paying down the principal of these mortgages at a rate that is more in line with the amortization that they should have on their contracts, the payments are going to jump and supply will hit the market. Yeah. So the reason why we are where we are and that there isn't a lot of supply is for sure because of the Canadian banks, right? The banks are softening the blow. Yeah. But like at a certain point, Another 25 basis point increase that just continues to add on more principal onto people's mortgages. Hmm. And um, out of curiosity, again, I have a very kind of <clears throat> narrow scope of the stock market, but um, the stock markets have been ripping really, it. really well. Yeah. Ripping it. Why is that? I have think? no idea. You don't know? I have no idea. I mean, like even a firm's up 50%. Yeah. I don't honestly, man. Um, <laughs> like, the bearish calls on the market are, they're still there, but they're, it's a whole bunch of people that have been saying the same thing now for so long and it hasn't materialized. So they're getting a lot less uh, of the of people's bandwidth. Right. Um, I mean, listen, most recently, why'd the market go up? Because the debt ceiling deal was reached in the United States, which right, like right. I don't think anybody thought that that deal wasn't going to get reached. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah it's yeah, kind of no. like this game of chicken between Democrats and Republicans, where the Democrats say we need more money because we're spending a lot of money. Um, I mean, that would have been evisceration if it didn't. If they yeah, it just doesn't there. happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. nobody wants to be there when that happens. It's just a time that the Democrats and the Republicans. This, okay, so the Republicans have this idea of a debt ceiling inserted so that they can try to affect some control on spending. Right. Right. So they can basically saying like, 
you're almost at the max of your credit card, Justin. If you want me to increase the limit on your credit card, you have to agree not to buy any more pink underwear. (laughs) Have you been looking at my statements? (laughs) So um, then the Democrats went back to the Republicans and they were like, okay, listen, we won't buy any hot pink underwear. But like other pink underwear. But, but like neon pink. And still available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was the deal. Basically, that's the exact deal that they came up with. No lace. Yeah. No lace. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, none of that. So that, that led to the market going up. Confidence. And the market goes up. Confidence, you know, yeah. leads to bond yields going up. Right. Because, oh, well, then if. The market's confident, then maybe the economy's doing even better, then maybe we can increase interest rates more. At the at, listen, the the leading indicators are telling us that there's still a problem. Right. Um so I think that again, it comes down to like I think like another 25 basis points really does impact the market. Right. Right. So, okay, in listening to all this, like what is the next step for Canadians? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, what do we do next? I think, I think that if you're making a decision on your mortgage, it's a two-year fixed. I think, like, we've got a year where interest rates are going to be where they are. Um, so I think, like, if you're, if you're talking to people, you want to get them into a product that, like, the idea that the prime rate is going to drop anytime soon the probability of that happening is deteriorating yeah no of course right so um i think like a two-year fixed Mm -hmm. uh, a three-year fixed playing in that area is probably smart Mm -hmm. i think five years is too much definitely um but again like you know if we can kind of sail out of this then interest rates don't have to come back down as much. Right. If if we add another 25 basis points onto the prime and we really hurt the economy, then interest rates will come down a little faster. It's going to be reactive the other way kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, I don't think anybody wants that, right? right? I think the idea here is is to kind of like make it as smooth as possible. I think the worry is is that our is inflation still creating a problem in the economy? Uh, or has it um, has it dissipated? Are are these kind of just lingering remnants of a really inflationary period? And I think like the more we start hearing now about like like commercial real estate in the United States, like Brookfield and like these massive asset managers are walking away from billions of dollars in commercial real estate in office space right um and leaving those mortgages and like that hasn't fully played out in the marketplace yet Mm -hmm. and in the united states again because a lot of the articles i read are kind of coming out of the states but you lost a lot of lenders right you lost a lot of these kind of um mid-tier banks um and the ones that you didn't lose became more conservative in how they were lending money for fear of becoming like the, the ones that disappeared. And that means less liquidity, 
Less liquidity means money becomes more expensive for people that want to do things in the real estate space. Mm -hmm. And that then kind of tightens up that market. Whenever you talk about soft landings, I'm sorry to take this a little off track, but I I can't stop thinking about the (laughs) (laughs) clip, which maybe we can put in here just in case you haven't seen it, where Marcus is talking about the soft landing of the economy and how it's like uh, like a moon lander letting out farts in either direction. George Clooney. George it was Clooney. Like a, yeah, was that like movie? Another movie, movie I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Question. Tiff Macklin is the head of our, the bank Canada, mm-hmm. right? If Tiff Macklin was here right now, what was, what would be the first question that you would ask him? If he was on the podcast, or what would be the question? Maybe not the first one, but the question you were most excited to ask. And we knew he was going to answer it. I would ask him if he really thinks that we're going to have a soft landing. I would ask him whether he has a fixed or a variable rate mortgage. He probably doesn't have a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, no mortgage. Uh, I would ask him uh, if he agrees with the amount of spending the liberal government had in their budget. I think. He probably wouldn't want to answer that one, but he already took the pentanol. So. Yeah, like I, I think he would be like, no, like that's a bad move. We spent too much money. Um, it's counteracting the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it would be interesting to know like how cognizant he is of, I mean, for sure he knows what a percentage of our GDP housing is. Right. And how sensitive Canadians are to these real estate hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like, yeah, like, listen, the Bank of Canada issues very detailed monetary policy reports, and you can infer a lot of what they're thinking from those reports. Mm-hmm. And based on reading those reports in the past, I do not think we will see another 25 basis point increase. I think we are going to, they are going to be cautious on another, uh, another rate hike. Right. To the point where I think that we're going to be in this careful balance from now until September, where we will see some good news and some bad news. Uh, some good news, meaning like the employment number is going to look decent, but confidence is going to continue to erode. So like the lagging stuff is going to look like inflation's still there. The economy's still growing. Mm-hmm. The leading stuff is going to look like, oh man, economy is headed for some trouble. Mm-hmm. And I can just, I think that what we're going to see out of that is we're going to see a cautious bank of Canada that takes us to about September, at which point some of that leading stuff starts to get more in line with the numbers they want to see and the um sorry some of the lagging stuff starts to get more in line with the numbers that they want to see and the leading stuff um that you have to understand right like the leading indicators will improve meaning we'll see a rosier future when the bond yields come off right because it will show the market that there is it is more probable rates are coming down sooner. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need in order to kind of regain balance and health in the market. Right. right now, we're not in a healthy spot. 
So the people that come out and say like, real estate prices are going up. They're never going back down again. I mean, those people are typically real estate agents. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those, that, that group um, will be supported more when we aren't in this state of flux with bond yields. It's not healthy for five-year yields to jump 50 basis points and then drop 50 basis points and then jump 50 basis points. That's not a healthy economy. Yeah. Right? That's an economy. It's like a yo-yo that, diet. Well, it's like directionless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, they always say that like a good central banker want and an economy is like a massive tanker ship that needs to be, you know, that needs to rely on a, you know, long chart for its course and can't make, you know, sudden drastic movements. Right. But if the bond yields are switching 50 basis points like that, it's, you can't really, you can't react um, it, you're not doing a good job on if efficiently guiding your economy if you're reacting constantly, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then it, it kind of just like creates more over adjustments, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you, honestly, you know what it's like. Uh, it's another movie reference. No, it's like. Do you remember um those games, those arcade games, like the car games? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like sometimes you got one and it was like one of the new arcade games and like the steering wheel was tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, like yeah. you could really get there and drive properly. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes like the steering wheel was loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were kind of like constantly like overcorrecting and undercorrecting in order yeah, to like yeah. keep your car on the road. And if you got kind of into the, into the, uh, See, I'm a really good driver. So I'm usually better at those games than maybe you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus anyway, thinks I'm a shit driver. That's where that came. Yeah, from. I don't think. <laughs> um, let's be let's be honest. You're a passenger princess. <laughs> a- anyways, that level of overcorrecting in that game. Yeah, you can't win that game if you're overcorrecting. You kind of want to be like a steady driver that's watching. You know, like in the top corner, there's that map that tells yeah, you when the yeah, turns yeah, are coming yeah. up. You got your eye on when the turns are coming up, and you're like really nicely moving. You're you're foreseeing the turns that are coming up. Get tight to the left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're like herky jerky, like <laughs> constantly overcorrecting and undercorrecting and like heading into the shoulder and coming out of the shoulder, you don't even have time to look at what's coming up. Right? Yeah. That's my analogy for the day. That's a good one. I like that one. I like that one. Um It's Matt that I really wanted to say that he liked it. He didn't say anything. I mean, listen, Matt, I don't know if you have anything else, but I feel, I, th- I think that's all I have for today. Do you have anything else? Mm. Anything else you would like to add? I think like, listen, I think that the analogy holds true and it should hold true for homeowners also. Mm-hmm. So like, don't be herky jerky right now. Right. Yes. Um, don't react. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to still be playing out. Mm-hmm. But so don't like... Don't think that like because home prices are up so much right now that they're going to stay exactly here. We still could see another drop. Um, but I think we are seeing like what is materializing is more of a long-term trend. And I think that like if prices drop too much as a result of interest rates being higher, then interest rates will drop and prices will then go higher. Right. So we're in this. And then 
Um, I guess what I want to say is I think that very soon we'll be at a point where we can watch the little map in the top left corner of the screen and become proactive to the economy rather than herky-jerky. So I think that's what I want to say. You know what's funny? I I was going to try and end on the question of what podcast number do you think we're going to be at when we can sit down and be like, oh, I'm glad we're out of that. Mm. Remember when we were doing all those podcasts about being herky-jerky? And now, you know what I mean? So you kind of answered it, though. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Um, I will see you again next week, I'm sure. Yeah, great. And I'm excited to do so. All right, buddy. Okay, bye. Bye.